0: The following presentation was recorded at the Buddhist Society of Victoria, Malvern East, Australia. Please visit our website at bsv.net.au.
1: So I was going to focus on today. I saw next door and on the notice board for what we need. There's a, a notice board that says what we need and there's nothing written there except it's God love, compassion, and care, and a big smiley face. And I thought, yeah, that's always needed. (laughs) And it's not only needed for others, we need it for ourselves, too. And it reminded me that this is really a core aspect of the Dhamma. In fact, I call it the heart of Buddhism, is really this, what I would call kindness, really, covers compassion, caring, all these things. uh, And, of course, the foundation of the Buddha's teaching is really non-harming, avihingsa, non-harming to others and to ourselves. This is to all beings, any being, because we know that all beings, they want to live. They don't want to die. No matter how inconvenient <laughs> they are to us, you know the ants, the mosquitoes, and the cockroaches, all those. So it's it's very good to to see this non-harming aspect as central, and to see really that at the defilements that uh, take over our minds from time to time, whether it be desire, anger, aversion, fear, jealousy, delusion big ego, all that stuff. That's really unkind. That is really harming us. But often we don't see that. <laughs> we, we, get, we get caught up in it and we don't realize, yeah, this is really negative for me. And I like, I mention, often mention when I'm talking about kindness, the Dalai Lama's uh, famous quotation, my religion is very simple. My religion is Kindness. And I think that's such an important thing to keep in mind because uh, we often, uh, there are many aspects of the Dhamma, aren't there? A lot of deep aspects of the Dhamma. But if we're not practicing this kindness, coming from a good place, we're not really practicing <laughs> for our own benefit or for, uh, for the others as well. And it's wonderful. The Dalai Lama's always got these very beautiful messages. I don't know if he, he makes them all up because I see so many of them. I think he must be pretty busy. <laughs> I've seen a, uh, a calendar, just one uh, quotation from the Dalai Lama for every day, and I think, how does he manage that? But some of them don't sound like what I'd expect him to say, actually. They're very good, but I don't, I don't think he writes them. But he always emphasises kindness, tolerance, patience, and peace. And I think these are compassion, isn't it? Compassion's a really big thing. So, and I think if we have... Uh, kindness as our religion, we're going to be coming from a good place. And as I mentioned, it will. the thing is, sometimes people might think, well, kindness is for others, but it's really, it really has to be first and foremost to ourselves and then to others. So this is important. And of course, if we're a kind person, genuinely kind person, not just putting it on, you know, just superficial kindness, if we are a kind person it leads to our happiness. We really feel the benefit. We feel good about ourselves. So this is a very good indicator of how we're practicing the Noble Eightfold Path is if we have got kindness in our minds. Because I think all of us know the second factor of the Noble Eightfold Path really is uh, focuses on what big aspect of it is kindness. And I'll, I'll get back to that in a while. I think everybody doesn't need to know to have a definition of kindness because we all have a fairly good idea of what kindness is. But in Buddhist terms, of course, it's metta, isn't it? That friendliness and that kindness, that warmth that we have for ourselves and for others. But it's also, as that uh, quotation mentioned, it's compassion too. And I always think of compassion as taking care of ourselves and others as well. Sometimes people focus for compassion on others, but I think it's also quite valid to have care for ourselves too, because sometimes... We're in a bad way. (laughs) We're the ones that need this caring for, and if we can bring up a compassionate mind, a mind that is caring for ourselves, that can be very, very helpful. And of course, it's that sort of joyful aspect too of mudita, you know, the the being happy for other people's uh, happy, uh, the success for their good qualities. Just being happy for you—that's what I call it. It's a nice quality of mind. And equanimity, of course, that sense of acceptance and balance, that things are like this at this moment. They don't have to be like this permanently, but they are like this at the moment, and then we deal with it in a kind way, a good way. So, and other aspects of it are patience and tolerance, like the, the Dalai Lama is emphasizing too. And I always say with patience and tolerance, we can agree to disagree, and that's fine. There's no problem with that. I think it would be a miracle if everybody in the world agree, agreed on something. That would just be uh, unbelievable. It's not going to happen because we're all coming from different points of view, from different views, all opinions, all these things. So it's never there's never going to be a total agreement. And if we expect total agreement, wow, we're going to be waiting a while. <laughs> and we should um, always uh, have that patience and tolerance that. Accepts, You know, this is part of equanimity too, as I mentioned, acceptance of ourselves and others as we are at this moment. But keeping in mind, yeah, things can change. And, of course, respect is also part of this kindness, respecting ourselves and respecting others and respecting differences of opinion too, isn't it? And thoughtfulness, yeah, this is a big part of kindness too. Actually thinking... Of others and going out of our way to help others and it's really beautiful when you see that I do see people who go out of their way to help and as a monk and you know for monks and nuns that's not uncommon and the amazing thing is then people especially traditional Buddhists say Thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> it's fantastic. It really is good. And generosity is, of course, part of kindness. Because you all know, you know, we're kind people. We, we often associate with people who give. And whether it's, you know, just their attention, listening. Big thing is time, isn't it? <laughs> but also, you know, just things like... Off, you know, sharing food with each other, as we'll do today after this uh, talk, that's a kindness, and it brings brings us together, and it dissolves any difficulties that, or reduces a lot of the difficulties we have in life. And I think all of us, and I think this is, I'll do I'll hope to do a guided meditation towards the end a little bit anyway. All of us remember people who were so kind to us. And sometimes it can be our parents, but often I think grandparents have fit into that category, and uncles, aunts. But it can also be teachers, and they can be real role models and and also friends. And this kindness, we can really feel it. And the thing is with it, usually we remember them very, very well, a kind person. Because kindness, the first part of kindness is really accepting the person as they are, not judging them, uh, which is our normal a normal mode of, of interaction. So, And sometimes people say, well, is kindness uh, just enough on its own? And of course, in the Buddha's teaching, No, it's got to come. It's got to come from the right view. It's got to come from the Noble Eightfold Path. So it has to be in the context of right view. Uh, And so this this actually points us in the right direction, and it also points our intention or motivation in the right direction, where we're coming from. So this Noble Eightfold Path, and of course we... How do we um, develop kindness? I think all of you have probably got a pretty good idea, <laughs> I think. But I'll, I'll go through a few tips anyway, a few things. Last week I mentioned, of course, first aspect is uh, uh, proper attention, yoniso manasikara, and ayoniso and manasikara, improper attention or unwise attention. And this is just being aware of how our experience of seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting and touching and thinking, whether it's bringing out positive emotions or negative emotions, and backing off when we see that the the defilements, the negative emotions are coming up, we know, uh uh-huh, this is improper attention or unwise attention is another way of uh, calling it, uh, naming it. So this is an important aspect of course. And of course that other aspect is heriotopathy. This is the sense, I call it, sense of conscience and the consequences of our actions of body, speech, and mind. And the Lord Buddha calls that, these two, conscience and the awareness of the consequences, the two great protectors of the world. So it's a, and these are important qualities. But this week, I'm just focusing really on kindness and you might remember one of, one of Ajahn Brahm's teachings about the peaceometer. And uh, that's quite a nice teaching where he's, he was talking about that we need to gauge how peaceful we are getting. And this is peaceful and alert. <laughs> I've got to say that too, not peaceful and sleepy, <laughs> but peaceful. And not only in meditation, but also in daily life. And I think this is a very nice idea—the pedometer, you know, like the speedo on the on the car. You can see, you know, how fast you're going. Often people are not looking at it, <laughs> and that's true of the pedometer too. But I thought of a kindometer to see how much kind intention there is in uh, in my mind when I'm acting, speaking, and thinking too. Just to just to reflect. This is reflecting on ourselves. Last week I also talked about the power of reflection. And this is an aspect of the Satipatthana, the Four Found Four Focuses of Mindfulness. That's what we're calling it. (laughs) Four Focuses of Mindfulness, Dhammanupasana. Looking at what's coming up in the mind from the perspective of the Buddha's teaching and seeing if it is a defilement that's coming up, we're aware of it or something positive. And of course, uh, the kindometer is looking at how kind we are, but also mindful at the same time. Mindfulness and kindness come together. Kindfulness, that's quite a nice thing. So these are always very useful things. to ask ourselves, where, <clears throat> where am I coming from when I uh, act, speak, act and think? And last week I also mentioned that teaching from, that the uh, Lord Buddha gave to his son, Uh, venerable rahula when he was seven years old and he said there of course that we should reflect before we act before we speak and before we i don't know how you can do it before we think but while we're thinking i think is part of it you know whether this is um, harmful or beneficial for myself for others or both of course if it's harmful for us or harmful for others or for both don't go there (laughs) And of course, if it's beneficial for ourselves, that's good. But if it's beneficial for others as well, for both, that's even better. And also to see where it's coming from, which is what we're discussing, I'm what I'm discussing today, the motivation. Is it wholesome or unwholesome? You know, what sort of intention is driving what I'm doing and what I'm saying and also what I'm thinking? And the last one is a really thorough check-up, this one, is to check up on the results of one's action, speech, and thought too. What's it leading to? Is it leading to painful uh, consequences, or is it leading to pleasant consequences? Is it leading to negative states of mind increasing or decreasing and vanishing? So this is very a really important checklist. I think it's the best, (laughs) so clear, and a very good basis for ethical behaviour, actually, really, really good. And uh, of course, in in the same way, we have a checklist at the monastery for the fire season. We have the fire season at the moment, still happening. You may not believe this. I am the chief fire warden. (laughs) I think this I I laugh when I think about that. (laughs) But we have, we, have to, we have a checklist of things you have to do, you know, when there is an emergency evacuation. And we haven't had an emergency evacuation, but we do fire drills and all this sort of thing. But you have to have a real clear checklist so that you can just go into action, because at those times one can easily forget things and panic and so forth. So, But it's good to have a checklist too, I was thinking, of whether we're being kind or unkind. Um, or friendly or unfriendly, tolerant and respectful, or the opposite. <laughs> and, uh, and whether what we're doing and speaking and thinking is leading to harmony or disharmony. And of course that's, uh, and whether it's leading to peace or it's leading to the opposite of peace, turmoil, or, and whether it's wise or foolish. It's always difficult to think, difficult to recognize when we're being foolish. (laughs) But it does happen. I think we all recognize that, usually later actually. And most of that's coming from a sense of ego and self often that makes it very, very difficult. And so these are aspects, checklists that we can have. And so this is very, they're very important that we do. And of course, The main one, and it was the second aspect of Venerable Rahula, the teaching to Venerable Rahula, the motivation or intention is the second factor of the Noble Eightfold Path. So it's really important. And I often say to people, it's hard to to know if we have right view. There is one good test of right view. What do you think that is? Very easy. If you... That's right, that's, that is definitely it. And having realized it or seen it, that's the, that's the first breakthrough, will be stream entry, isn't it? Sotapanna, sotapati, or in Sinhala, so on. Then a person has right view, then they see correctly. If we're not, at, haven't, it, haven't experienced the first stage of awakening, of enlightenment, it probably means our view is not <laughs> perfect yet. Maybe getting there. But this is important because from that our intentions come. Um, if we don't believe in karma, then of course we can do and say, uh, we can do, speak and think in very negative ways and think, well, no, it's okay, no, no consequences. But of course, coming from right view, we know, yep, there are consequences of what, how we are motivated, how we intend to act. So it's really a key. And, you know, oftentimes people ask me, well, you know, how can you um, uh, see how much progress you've made on the path? You know, and it's very difficult, isn't it? And But I say this, the checking, checking up on our intention is a very good way of, of checking up, uh, seeing how much progress we have made. Are we looking... And the three ways you can look at that is are we looking for happiness inside? This is what I call looking for happiness in the right place. <laughs> Most people are still looking out there, of course, you know, because the world is very what we're used to and it's also very um, attractive uh, or uh, is trying to attract our attention. And the second aspect is, of course, how much kindness we've developed. And the third is how much caring, how much uh, gentleness, how much non-harming is, uh, we've, have we developed in our practice. So this is this is how we can gauge whether we are developing in a good direction, because this is how we practice a Noble Eightfold Path. We, have, we need to practice it with this sense of, they call it renunciation, looking for happiness within, not looking for our happiness from the senses and looking and being kind, being kind to ourselves, to others, and not harming uh, ourselves or others, being caring, compassionate, forgiving. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big quality. And if we, if we have, if our intentional motivation isn't correct, of course the rest of it, the rest of the path goes in the wrong direction too. We start, we can, you know, think lying is all right. We can think... You know, dividing people, divisive speech is okay, and we can think harsh speech or rough speech is okay, and also we can get into gossip. And then from that, of course, we can uh, have actions like uh, wrong, our actions become wrong, like we can start killing living beings, we can uh, steal, and also have sexual misconduct. And then the livelihood can go wrong, we can have no harm, no harm, you know, doing. Um, selling weapons. I'm, I'm not killing anybody. <laughs> I just sell the weapons to them, but that idea. And, and then from that, of course, we can have wrong, uh, the uh, we call it wrong effort. So we're not really reducing our negative qualities and increasing our positive qualities. And from that too, then we get wrong samadhi. We can start using... And focusing our minds on negative qualities, and of course, we, you know, in history, you can see that uh, politicians have often manipulated uh, people for that purpose. You know, focusing them on negative qualities, particularly fear. So this is this is where it's so important. This is where it's so crucial to know our intention and motivation and develop the right or the good intentions and motivations and of course Ajahn Brahm has his 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 uh, he's got this little motto and you can probably there are t-shirts maybe even here today he's got uh, let go be kind and be gentle and that is the three the three right intentions or he kept calls them the right motivations where we're coming from and as I mentioned you know this Uh, renunciation just to to, uh, give a little bit more to it is central because if we if we're looking for happiness out there we're not going to look in here if we look out there this is the way of the world this is the worldly conditions that's what we'll see we'll be looking for gain we'll be looking for some sort of recognition in terms of fame or or status, we'll be looking for praise and we'll look for pleasure. But everyone who's gone that way always finds this is not really satisfactory. It doesn't really um, feed us within. And, of course, that's because we have to look in the opposite direction within ourselves. And this is where, actually, of course, we all know it, our experience of the world is coming from. You know, if we have a good mind, a good heart, the world doesn't look too bad, (laughs) And, of course, we can deal with uh, things much, much better that are are negative. But if we have a very negative mind state, wow, then things look really bad. And, of course, people often say to me, I see it myself too, you know, reading the news and all this sort of thing. Wow, it can make you, you know, it it can affect the mind. And if you're already coming from a negative space, then it looks even blacker. So this is where our world is coming from, and I gave that I mentioned that last uh, last week that we are the centre of the universe, our universe. <laughs> it's not the not the in, the uh, objective uh, universe. And so when we look within, this is where the spiritual path is. It's not out there. It's in here. This is. And I read, I think last week, no, when I did the Noble Eightfold Path, I was talking about that uh, for New Year's Day, and the Lord Buddha says that the Noble Eightfold Path is within, and this is where we, we practice it, within here. So this is why this nekama, this renunciation you hear so much about, is so important. And everybody, of course, in traditional Buddhist countries, we talk about the maha nekama, and I think everybody, everybody knows what that that is. And, of course, that's when the Bodhisattva left the palace and turned away from that. Because he realized this wasn't taking him where he needed to go. This was not satisfying. This was not enough, even though he had all the comforts, all the pleasures that a, um, a person could have. Because he was some in some traditions, a prince, so he had everything that he could wish for. So that's the first um, aspect of right motivation that we uh, we need to keep in mind. And I think all of you, have some of this already? You've come here today. You think it's worthwhile to come here today? You're not at Chadston or or, or watching. I don't know if there's any sport on or concerts on. I'm sure there are. Uh, you're not there, and so you're, you're seeing the importance of looking within, looking for a spirit looking at a spiritual teaching that can actually take us to that inner happiness, the source of happiness within. So that's naykama, And of course the second aspect, aviapada, and this is non-eal will, but this is really, big part of it is metta, or this kindness, this friendliness, this caring. This is, um, this is central to our experience as human beings, to develop the spiritual path, because... If you're looking within and you're not kind to yourself, wow, that's difficult. (laughs) But if you're kind to yourself, then you can go within. Then there's not that fear of the unknown. So often we're not comfortable with who we are, are we? And this is one of the the big problems of humanity. I think I mentioned last week too. Uh, So this kindness is so important in the spiritual path to be kind to ourselves and also to practice it. Uh, with others as well through our speech and actions, so this it covers a lot of the uh, positive qualities I already mentioned. You know, like uh, patience, that's uh, kanti we call it in Pali, thankfulness, and all these. And the last last aspect of the uh, three right uh, motivations, of course, non harming, and this is Avihinsa. and this is really compassion, helping people, um, gentleness, uh, soft kindness, uh, gentleness, always kindness there and respect and and realizing too that all beings want to be happy, you know, no matter what, what they're doing or saying, they, all beings have or how annoying those beings can be, especially if they're ants or mosquitoes or, or uh, cockroaches. Uh, so keeping that in mind, not to harm oneself or others, that's very important, always to apply it to ourselves too. So those, and uh, I, th- I think um, a very practical uh, teaching the Lord Buddha gives on how to develop this kindness in our lives, it comes in a, a wonderful sutta which is called, doesn't sound very promising, imperfections and imperfection sutta in the Majjhima Nikaya it's uh, 128 and it came after the um, this, this sutta follows on from a very very big dispute that occurred at Kosambi <laughs> that's it I was talking to Rohan yesterday, it's Kosambi, I remember it actually. And uh, where the monks became totally divided, this group of monks living in a monastery, over a very small rule in the monks, uh, uh, amongst the monks' rules. And the the uh, the monk who was responsible for the vinaya, the, the rules, was in opposition to the, the monk who taught Dhamma. And they had this big split And the the Lord Buddha, he spoke to them. And, of course, he he tried to bring them together. And they they eventually said to him, please, Venerable Sir, may you have a pleasant abiding, which means please go (laughs) and just meditate. Forget about it. And then, of course, we have those famous verses from the uh, Dhammapada that are in the Dhammapada. They're in another sutta to the Kosambi Sutta and about, you know, that uh, hatred is not ended by hatred. And uh, hatred... Uh, and peace is, and the only way to peace is the abandoning of hatred, so this is uh, the background to when he comes after immediately after that he he quietly he went for the arms round, had his food, packed his things, and left and 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 went to live for three months of the rains retreat in a forest, the par forest and uh, and on his way, this is where he met these monks, and he asked these monks, uh, he said, and there's three of them living together, and he said, I hope, Anuruddha, that you are all living in Concord. Well, no. <laughs> after his experience in Kwasambi, with mutual appreciation, with, without disputing, blending like milk and water, viewing each other with kindly eyes. So obviously that's coming from his, his just recent experience at Kosambi where they say the monks were throwing verbal daggers at each other and were you know really um, overcome by this division and views, its views really. And then Anuruddha, who is a very senior monk in the, the Buddha's teaching, became an arahant. He said, surely, Venerable Sir, and then the, and the Buddha being very practical as a teacher said, but How do you live, you know, in Concord like this? And he says, well, Venerable Sir, as to that, I think thus. It is a gain for me, it is a great gain for me that I'm living with such companions in the holy life, the spiritual life. I maintain bodily acts of loving kindness towards these Venerable Ones, both openly and privately, I maintain verbal acts of loving kindness towards them, both openly and privately. I maintain mental acts of loving kindness towards them, both openly and privately. I consider, why should I not set aside what I wish to do and do what these Venerable Ones wish to do? Then I set aside what I wish to do and do what these Venerable Ones wish to do. We are different in body, General Sir, but one in mind. Isn't that beautiful? I think it's a lovely, (laughs) wonderful wonderful, uh, description of how we can live in harmony, how we can develop kindness, really. And it's very, very simple, isn't it? Through through our actions, uh, through body... And uh, through our speech, pretty obvious, that's a biggie. You know, that's the one that causes a lot of the problems and can be very unkind. And particularly through our thoughts and through our feelings. And this, of course, is where we develop a um, metta uh, for, and when we, we do metta meditation, when we're developing the mind, we, cre- we are bringing up this this feeling of kindness in the mind, and developing it, reconditioning the mind, making it a quality that is part and parcel of who we think we are, our character, our personality. So this is very, very important. But if we only, and sometimes people think, I do a lot of meta meditation, but maybe this speech and actions is not very kind. This is not enough, because we have to, we take that into our lives through our action and our speech, and that's where we can deepen, we can grow more metta, more kindness, more friendliness um, by, through our speech and action. So I think that, that is a, such an important, I was going to go into more detail about that, but maybe I'll give another talk on metta another time. And uh, just we can have a short, yeah, it' will be short, uh, metta meditation. So if we like to oh, just feel comfy it's be about 5 it won't be long actually It'll be just 5 minutes or so because it's now 10:20 so and we can just come into the present moment and let the past and the future be close the eyes and we can just get in contact with the body see if it needs any adjusting the shoulders may need a little bit of moving to relax them, whatever it is. And then mentally relaxing the body with this warm, kind attention, like a mental massage from the top of the head to the tips of the toes. Giving this warm, healing attention to any areas that are particularly sore, uncomfortable, or painful. With this warm, relaxing, soothing attention from the top of the head to the toes. And we can bring to mind the intention to develop, bring up this feeling of kindness or friendliness in our hearts and minds. And we can do that by bringing to mind someone who has been very kind to us in the past, someone that immediately we get this feeling of kindness about. It may even be a pet, or it could be something else as well. We, or we can think of the qualities of what a best friend is like. Bringing to mind someone, or a pet, or something else, or the qualities of a best friend, someone we feel close to, comfortable with, enjoy being with, so friendly, and someone who is there in, a, in difficult times. And we can get in touch with whatever feeling comes up for us. Whether it's this warm, friendly, this warm, friendly, kind feeling. Using these, remembering these people and so on, as a way to ignite this feeling of kindness, warmth, friendliness and we can give this feeling to our minds and hearts, to any difficult emotions that we may have or tiredness, irritation, whatever negative emotion we may have, give this warm kindness of metta, acceptance. And now we can give this warmth of metta, of friendliness, kindness, acceptance to the body, just like we did when we did the scan from the top of the head to the tips of the toes. (coughs) Filling the body with this warm, kind, friendly feeling. And when we become aware of the breath coming in and going out, we can breathe in this feeling of warmth, friendliness, kindness, acceptance, and breathe it out to the world. Breathing in, being our own best friend. And breathing out, being the best friend of the whole world, breathing it in and breathing it out. And if our minds wander off, we can just remember what brought up these feelings originally and to breathe that in, being our own best friend and then breathing it out, being the best friend of every being in the world, all beings. And now, as we're coming close to the end of the meditation, we can spread whatever feeling we experienced, this feeling of being our own best friend or the best friend of others, we can spread that to everyone here, share it with everyone here in this hall, watching or this live streaming. And we can... Spread it further and further afield in ever-widening circles to cover the whole world and all realms of existence. All beings, human beings, animals, unseen beings, insects, whatever beings, whether we like them or not, unconditionally, being their best friend. And now we can come back to ourselves and just reflect for a moment on how we feel now, what worked well, what caused these feelings come up? Did we experience these feelings of kindness, friendliness, friendliness, warmth, acceptance, or not? And we can end the meditation by having the aspiration, the intention, to develop more of this metta, this kindness, friendliness, towards ourselves and others. Not only in our thoughts and feelings, but in our actions and our words. And we can anchor this feeling of metta, friendliness, kindness in the heart. And now we can slowly come out of the meditation and open our eyes. So this, I hope it gave you a little bit of a taste, or uh, this is the, the approach that I use. And whatever works to bring up this feeling of metta, Sometimes people use words, of course, and we have, you know, may may I be happy and well, and may I be free of suffering. May you be, may all beings be happy and well and free from suffering. That can work, but after a time, it can, <laughs> it can reduce. So find something that works for you, whether it be words, whether it be images or a concept like I just used, being your own best friend. And oftentimes, it's just an example of whatever emotion you are, Aiming to bring up to connect with somebody that you associate with that feeling. Like if you think of someone who's kind, it's really easy to bring up that kind, that feeling of kindness. So this can really be like um, the starter for the fire of metta. When you know you use small uh, pieces of wood and twigs and, and leaves and some say paper. This could this start the meta and it can become very, very strong. And of course, meta is, this uh, kindness is very, very useful for the difficult states of mind we, we experience. If we can have that kindness to them, rather than the usual reaction we have is, Get out of here! <laughs> I don't want to feel angry. I don't want to feel depressed. I don't want to feel anxious. It doesn't work. <laughs> you can try it. Many people have tried it. It's adding a negative to a negative, so it doesn't work. But a positive emotion like meta acceptance can allow it to calm down and dissolve. So this is like a medicine we can use. And as I mentioned, we can use it in the meditation. You saw for the body, for the mind, and for the breath. And for the, you can use it for the present moment too. So, this is uh, something we need. Really, the message is, and this is the Buddha's teach. The message of the Buddha's teaching: something we need to develop twenty-four-seven. <laughs> this kindness, this caring, this what was it said on the board? Love, compassion, care, and a smiley face. Smiley face is the way we we can communicate it actually. So that is. The talk for this morning and I just uh, finish off with uh, um, just uh, so we can remember if you can remember the kindness kindness omita and to just to gauge how much kindness there is in our actions thoughts and speech and uh, also see that this is leading to our spiritual development and that It's not so much what we achieve. Often people are uh, aiming at attaining this and that jhanas, this this insight knowledge, um, that stage of awakening. It's not so much what we aim at as how we go. It's the journey that's more important than the destination. The journey is the destination, actually. The way we live our lives is, is the destination. So we can remember Ajahn Brahm's little motto, let go, be kind, and be gentle. It's quite a good sort of, sticks in the mind, doesn't it? And I think it works. And I'd like to finish uh, with the Dalai Lama I started with him, which was, he says, be kind whenever possible. And then he says, it's always possible. <laughs> and especially to be kind to ourselves, and hence to others as well. All right, so I'd like to uh, finish the talk there. Thank you for listening. And now I'm ready for the complaints, the <laughs> the, the comments and the questions. I did actually have a, a, a complaint once when I did a guided medita- meta-meditation. A person said they felt irritated and annoyed. I said, wow, it didn't work for you. <laughs> And he was actually. It turned out the reason he was irritated and annoyed, he liked silent meditations, not guided meditations. So he found the the speaking, the talking, speaking uh, annoying and irritating. That was the reason. So there we are. All right. So anyone who has a question, you're welcome to ask questions, uh, uh, Jan- comments, or uh, as I say, complaints.
2: Ajahn, I, I have a question. This All is right. not. This is not an online question. Mm. So, um. You talked about working through the checklist yes, yes. and i find I find that um, I find difficulty sometimes when working through the checklist yeah or if I give an example if I'm mm. in a conversation in an open dialogue with someone even if it's a neutral mm. conversation, the best thing I can possibly do yeah. is to give them my attention yeah and when i I find that while I'm in the conversation, my attention can just go off you know I'm I'm talking to myself I'm thinking about how I'm going to respond Yeah. but if I work through the checklist Mm. my attention will just collapse right I see what you mean you're busy on the checklist (laughs) yeah I just find that really difficult from a practical sense unless there's a luck there isn't usually the luxury of having to you know at the end of that there's a pause of 10 seconds or so when I can respond yeah don't don't always have that luxury.
1: No, I, I agree. You know, sometimes these checklists are very helpful, but they're more helpful beforehand, keeping the mind uh, sort of in a, a particular direction or the speech or the actions in a particular direction. But I find, and I think this is not unusual for people. Ikeema used to talk about it quite a bit too. We can tell when the mind turns to being unkind, there's a feeling that goes with it. You don't need to say, oh, this is unkind. you, you really feel it like, or you feel like a, a sort of a darkness comes over or we, we experience it in different ways but we can pick up while we say, paying attention to someone, whether that's happening, you know, and we can be, if we're aware of it, we don't have to come from it. That's the important thing. And of course, you're right, you know, when we are with people, if we're giving attention to them, you know, paying attention to them and not thinking and thinking how we're going to respond or judging them or whatever, then we, very difficult to have this checklist, but we can, we can experience the feelings that come up, which is why, uh, this um, uh, samasankapa, right motivation, right intent, is such a a good indicator of where we're at in the moment, in our lives, in our practice, the spiritual practice. So I would just say, you know, you can just be aware if a, a, a negative feeling, however you feel it, whether it's sort of like a darkness, a heaviness, a pressure, comes up while you're, you know, interacting with a situation, with a person, with a situation, with yourself then you can be aware that, yeah, something is is going in a negative direction. And that's enough to just, uh, you know, not uh, be careful not to, to respond from that from that, that, that uh, um, negative place without having named it and identified it. I agree, it makes it, you know, if we sit there with a checklist and everything, <laughs> we'll probably be, probably conversations will be pretty slow and, uh, and we won't get much out of what the other, what did you say? <laughs> you know, it'll be like that. So uh, I think that's the way I tend to monitor. The monitoring can be done uh real time by our own feelings and as i mentioned feeling is a very good indicator of where we're at where the mind is at and uh if it's in a negative direction hang on wait <laughs> don't it won't come from that just you know bring up more kindness the feeling of kindness to people because that's the feelings actually uh They don't need a lot of thinking to support them. And you see people who are very kind and they're obviously not thinking about it and all that, uh, which is why when we do the metta meditation, it's the feeling that's so important, not words. You know, the words are a support. Images can be a support. Concepts can be a support. And and so this is what we are aiming at, the feeling. And we can use that in our practice too, as indicators. Yeah, on the kindometer. Oh, there we are. There's someone there. Oh, yes, hello, like, Katarina. Katarina, that's right.
0: Yeah. Um, yes. I also have a hard time with meta meditation. I also find it really difficult, but really? not because of, not because of your voice. I actually want you to talk more.
1: Yeah, we're right. <laughs> but
0: um, because sometimes I feel like. The fir- I need like a step before I can go straight to loving kindness. I need yeah, that step yeah. to get to neutral. Yeah. So it's not all projecting yeah. <laughs> ill will and anger, but yeah. then I can get on top of that. So I just, yeah. And I try, I try and do that myself. It means switching off a bit, but I just, there's like, is there something that I can do? Mm. The first rung of the ladder, because going to the loving kindness sometimes is, 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 is yeah. doesn't happen.
1: Yeah, no, I
0: think... If that makes sense.
1: That is. I think for everyone, and you're not alone, many people say that, and I hear it particularly from men, you know, and I think some of it is because of, you know, when we use terminology like uh, loving kindness, this is Buddhist speak, it, it sounds like something different from, you know, what people normally experience, but kindness is actually a very common emotion that people can relate to. Friendliness is, is an emotion that it can relate to. And of course, uh, metta is related, in, in Pali, is related to the, the word mitta, which is friend, like kalyana mitta or mitra. And um, so it's, it's something we are familiar with. And... Uh, the way uh, way we can start the matter is very important. That's why I suggest I suggest at the beginning of the um, uh, beginning of the guided meditation, bring someone to mind who really can bring that up for you. That's to me is an easy one, you know, because you can I can think of people who have been very kind, and immediately I think of them. Then that sort of kindness starts to echo in me. We're sort of getting, that's how we're kindling the fire, you say, starting the fire, is by using somebody or, you know, using a pet or something like that. I was at the dog park yesterday for a walk in the afternoon and I see how much caring and kindness, love people have towards their pets and how open they are once they, you know, they're at the dog park. And, um, you know, because of that pet. And so sometimes uh, pets can be very much easier because they don't talk back. <laughs> they don't argue with us and, and all this sort of stuff. And they're very forgiving. That's the amazing thing about it. especially dogs. I think, good grief, they're amazing how they can forgive. So to use uh, something like that, it can be a very easy way to start uh, Meta for me. Ajahn Brahm, of course, is, is famous for... The kitten <laughs> He's well-known for the kitten, you know, but not everybody has that sort of feeling towards kittens, so I don't know how that works for some people. But I remember he said, too, that at one retreat, one woman, I think they. she said, well, I don't relate to babies at all or, or pets, no, no, but I, I do care about the plants. She looks, likes looking after the plants. She's got that nurturing feeling with plants and that kindness with the plants. So it's really whatever works for you. This is one of the criteria that Ayakima would often mention. It brings it up for you. But these concepts like best friend is, is, is quite a good one. Um, it can be like a parent's love for their their child. or uh, It can be lots of different approaches. Visualisation, like uh, having the... This is from Ayakima, the sun in the heart. And the sun has this warmth and light that fills the body and the mind with metta, with this kindness, this, this care, this gentleness, this friendliness. So, you know, you can use lots of approaches, words, images, concepts, um, and the main thing is to access the feeling. So for all of us, it's really, you know, just to experiment, to see what brings up that feeling. Once you find uh, you know some something, that, someone that brings that up for you, it's very easy. Then you've really started it going. But as the hard bit is is uh, is uh, getting it to uh, the getting to the start, bringing out that feeling um, uh, in the heart, and it has to be genuine. Sometimes people think when we do these uh, meta meditations, "Are you pretending?" <laughs> they do. They say that. Because they haven't got the idea. They they have the idea that they're like whatever they think that I'm not a kind person, I'm not this type of person, I'm not that type it doesn't matter what sort of person you think you are the mind you can work with it it's not a it's not it doesn't belong to us actually that's pretty pretty challenging in itself but we can work with it can influence it we can develop it it's not set in concrete but every people tend to think well i'm like this and so i can't do a meta meditation this meta meditation won't work it's pretending because i'm really not like that but that's not the case these minds are quite workable with
0: the last time i you took you did the meta meditation yeah. i had like a whole i had to get a whole farm of baby animals, like I just, that was the old. Or <laughs> like, well, whole farm was like oh. bunny rabbits yeah, baby that's, lambs.
1: Yeah. No, then, that's, I,
0: then I could get it.
1: Right. No, whatever works, I think, is good. It brings out that warm feeling of friendliness, kindness, acceptance, non, uh, non-judgmentalness. So thank you for that. And I think we have to have one online one, surely, before we finish. I think we should finish soon.
2: Thank you, Ajahn. There, there is one online question. In oh, fact, there's cool. two. Um, I'm just going to paraphrase here. But um, when one lives a a life of solitude without much social interaction, Mm. and there's peace with that, there is people around me that feel neglected. Yeah, is that harmful?
1: Oh, I see. I, I see. Because of, of developing the solitude oneself is one neglecting other people. Ah, that's interesting. Yeah. I think people can have that idea. But if, if we're developing solitude in the right way, it should be, um, you know, uh, um, as, as long as it's coming in, we're doing it in a friendly way, a kind way. Um, we're not saying to them, Keep out! <laughs> Didn't you see the sign on the door? That sort of thing. And sometimes people, they do even at home. I, 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 and I've heard of practitioners that say, no, I tell my family, don't speak to me. <laughs> don't. Do, it's not very friendly. <laughs> it's not the ideal way to develop solitude. And of course, they won't. They won't appreciate it. They they will feel neglected. Well, um, so really, one has to do it with a lot of kindness and caring and sensitivity for. And balance too. If we're living a lay life and, and developing seclusion in the home life, that is quite difficult. Um, and if we try and do it too forcefully, I think it might be well difficult for oneself, but also difficult for the partner or the family as well. So it's, it's, it's ideally times of seclusion, great. Meditation retreats and those sorts of occasions. Or ordaining as a monastic. (laughs) Then one can do it big time like uh, I did in Sri Lanka. And then, you know, when you live on your own, as I often mention, then metta, kindness friendliness to yourself is very important, <laughs> very important because as I say, you've got no one else to blame. <laughs> but you tend people tend to anyway the weather or the monkeys or something they'll blame something. But in actual fact, when you spend time on your own, this is where you need a lot of kindness and metta. When you're going within, you know you do need this really this gentle kind um, caring. And friendly emotion, so that's what I'd say to this person to do it in a in a, in a, in a seek seclusion at the appropriate times and in a good way, you know. If, if you, as I say, if you're saying back off, I want my seclusion, <laughs> you know, or this is my day where I'm secluded, you know this is probably not the best best way to do it because it'll echo in, in, in the meditation anyway, you know, because people tend to think, oh, no, they're always doing that. They're really bugging me when I should be, you know, I'm, they know I'm meditating. And then your meditation full of what? Aversion. <laughs> Great. It's, it's, gonna be, it's not going to be good for the meditation one bit. So we, we have to live our lives skillfully and then that seclusion will be beneficial and uh, we can go deeper. So, thank you for that question. That's an interesting one. Seclusion, very good. So now we can. Um, I think we can invite you to come over for the shared meal. And there's, I think, uh, there's an announcement from Yasmin. You Got the ah, oh, yeah. Just, uh, I just enjoy your.
2: Uh, A reflection on, uh, at the end, now, today, a reflection on universal well-being, Bhante. Yeah, if you could,
1: if I may humbly ask Bhante, you know, that may I um, abide in well-being. Oh, right! right. Oh yes, that, yes, Prince. yes, my, that's quite, quite good. I, I was thinking you wanted me to just talk about uh, the Metta Sutra. I thought, no, no, yes, I can just give a little chant that I do. And uh, it's from the Buddha's words, actually. And it's a, it's a lovely chant that is the chant of Metta too. Because when we, when we spread Metta, sometimes, and this may work for you, Katrina, too, there's two modes you can spread it in. The, the positive, cuddly mode of, you know, ah, wishing happiness and warmth and well-being and all these things for the person. But Metta is also wishing people, ourselves too, to be free from depression, anger, rage, um, uh, anxiety. These are all, you know, that wish is a wish of well-being, of friendliness, kindness. That's a wish of Metta. So sometimes if you find it hard to develop it in the positive mode, start in the negative mode, you know, you know for yourself and, you know, and for other beings. You know, man, be free of this grumpiness, <laughs> this irritation, annoyance, whatever. You know, just w- wishing for those things uh, to, uh, to reduce and, if possible, go. So, yeah. But you have to have uh, when when I say that is not not with a sense of aversion <laughs> that doesn't work get out of here <laughs> but you know just that that well wishing is 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 lovely can be done in either mode so I'll just do that chant yeah that's that's true it's a very good very fitting end thank you Yasmin there we are may you abide in well-being in freedom from affliction in freedom from hostility in freedom from ill will in freedom from anxiety and may you maintain well-being in yourselves may everyone abide in well-being in freedom from affliction, in freedom from hostility, in freedom from ill will, in freedom from anxiety, and may they maintain well-being in themselves. Sadhu, 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 sadhu. So that that makes a nice ending to it. <laughs> yeah. So, as I said before, I invite you to come over for the shared meal, and for those who wish to, we can pay respects to Buddha Dhamma and Sangha just to finish off where this all came from. <laughs>